So all pop yeah. culture has taught us is yeah. like sales is just like this thing where you have to force people to spend money on something where like the value is not there. And I think also just as women, the idea of like selling something or making money is probably not what society wants us to do anyways. Hi, I'm Jordan. And I'm Sarah. And we're both successful serial entrepreneurs who believe the world is way better with more. More women-owned businesses, more wealth, more magic, and more champagne. But before we can add more, we need to return old business ideas that are taking up too much space in our lives. Enter The Refund, our content series for folks who are looking to return old storylines, concepts, and habits that no longer serve their life and business. Each episode, we're going to cover one topic, share three key takeaways, and we're going to receive a refund on what is no longer fitting the bill. Hashtag no receipts required. Listen and watch The Refund on YouTube and wherever you love to listen to podcasts. It's a lot of layers. Totally. To Direct correlation to the mm -hmm. garbagey generational yes. financial trauma that women have mm -hmm. suffered and been subject to and have had to try really hard just to come to terms with right. we deserve money, we can earn money, right. we literally can have money. Right. Like we're allowed to we're allowed to have what it. We believe we are valued and i think also too there's this perception that like you have to like turn into somebody to be in sales or like mm. put on a perception that like you're selling something we all know that sales voice when you walk into a store we've all been that person at one point where we're like can i help you with something like we just yes. turn something on yes. and there's like sales are not a bad thing sales to me is you're solving a problem and a service you know service-based businesses product-based businesses how is it slimy if you're solving someone's problem? If it's true what you're doing and if it's authentic and you know what you're selling and the value is there, um, that to me is you're just solving a problem. You're not really selling something to somebody. So today we can return the notion that sales are slimy mm -hmm. or that it's gross. Or it's, that you're not supposed to, you can't you be can't, good at it. You can't be good at sales. How dare I, you? I yeah. really like that because I yeah. think... I think a lot of women probably do feel like I'm, oh, I'm not oh, good at sales. Oh, I'm not good at sales. Oh, I'm just a designer. I'm just creative. I, I, I can't because it means you have to promote yourself and you have to sell your services. It means you yes. have to be in the spotlight. That is a really good way that you just simplified sales. Mm -hmm. You're promoting yourself mm -hmm. or you're promoting your product. Yep. Or even if you're an influencer on social media, mm -hmm. like you're promoting your story or there's, there's promotion that happens. Yes. You're solving something for somebody. Right. But it involves you. And if you're not confident in what you're offering or what you're solving for, that's why it feels icky because right. you feel like you're either selling yourself short or it's just not clear on who you're talking to. So you are a, would you say natural saleswoman? Because <laughs> you've, you just like, to me, you just evoke this vibe of like I can fucking sell you anything and I'm gonna look at you and be like I'll buy it okay like you just have this in yeah. you in from my perspective is that something that you worked on or is that something that feels very are sales natural to you is this a natural skill set is this learned skill set uh thank you I don't know I feel like yeah I'm an I'm a closer like you're a closer I love to close I'm energized that by show sales. is about you the closer yes, closers are for is coffee. That a show, actually? I don't think oh, okay. so but I just agreed it is okay now. thank you it is now I can speak confidently enough that you're like yeah it is the show the closer is about me I do think it's a show on like ABC or something but I, I honestly think sales is like I don't know if it's like a natural thing it, it's probably like a com culmination of work experiences that I've mm. had that include a lot of sales or that it's like it's your force to you needed to right think about like working in a restaurant like I was a server for a long time and like you have 30 seconds to convince somebody whether or not they're going to buy an expensive bottle of wine from you and at the time I was 19 I couldn't even drink wine and I was like <laughs> selling wine like nobody's business because right. I was driven by like 
I want to make good tips. I have to put myself through college. Like, I'm going to learn everything about this wine list, even though I'm not drinking any of it. Totally. Because I know that the more I give them a good experience, the more it's going to benefit me. I'm solving the problem of having a good night. But you don't think about that when you're serving no. right away. No. Or even working in retail. Like That feels very mature. That was very mature of you to connect those dots. Yes. Uh, that's... I also women are old souls, which to me it's we just force women to grow up at a young age. Yeah. We like, you know, we love our sons, we raise our daughters. So like yeah. I just was forced into the workforce at a young age, which is not a bad thing. But I worked in a lot of sales oriented jobs and I think that's what's just given me my sales acumen. So it's like the actual sales part of like hospitality and retail. And then I worked in the marketing agency world where I watched these companies have really crafted pitches for really big contracts, for things that were not physical. Were you telling, was it you that we were talking about? Somebody from an agency had a client where they were, the agency was creating one email a month for them and it was a $30,000 a month contract. Was mm-hmm. that you? They were doing email. They were doing emails. And I can't remember how many journeys they were building. Am I like sharing building. too much information? No, 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 no. It's okay. We're not saying who they are. But like they would offer, yeah, they would be building digital marketing collateral. And but it, it was, was a, one email. It was a couple emails. So it was oh, like okay. they make a couple and they were like journeys that took people through them. But and 30,000 was low. Which is, I could argue both sides of that for multiple right. different reasons, Agency right? Agency world is very... It's different. It's, yeah, it's what different. they sell is... But that takes a pitch mm-hmm, a to really explain good the value mm-hmm. in investing $30,000 for a handful of emails being pushed. And that's a low dollar amount too for, for that agency. Like that's a low contract. Is, Again, they have a lot, they had like 50 people on their staff. Right, right, right. But it's like I, and what was so amazing about that agency I worked at is they would do this thing once a year where they would close their offices for a full day, put people on teams and everybody Hunger on games. their teams. Nope. <laughs> would have to kill each other. They would have to solve a business problem mm, within the day fun. and they would have to build a product. They would go they would be given money to run a survey to test the customers and at the end they would have to pitch the business and then the idea that would win they would actually put dollars behind it to build the product. So I was also in this environment too outside cool. of the hospitality industry, the agency world where they were teaching you how to solve a business problem and then present it in a way where people are like, "Yes, we need this. The story's good. The problem is clear. And the market is telling you that. What an interesting skill set developer. Oh, yeah. Just all. I, I just bet that was stressful, like, though, at the time. That seems like very stressful. No, I loved you it. You loved it? And it was like. I think it would be fun, too. It's. I think it'd be really fun. It's a good team building activity if you ever want to, like, mm, take the day off. Pressure test my team. Yeah, pressure test them. <laughs> and I remember it was like I had only been there for three weeks and they had me, pr- like, pitch and present the idea. It was terrifying. Yeah. But I did it and it was super fun. That's really neat. So you have lots of experience on the sales front and out of necessity Mm -hmm. and also just knowledge gaining. You were like, this is helping me position Mm -hmm. myself in a way that is as advantageous as possible. Yeah. You You were equating like my ability to sell and close Mm -hmm. is a direct indicator of business success. Yeah, I think it's it's like business success, but it's also like validating that the services or the product mm. that I provide, there's a need for it. I'm not just sit like, you know, you're not just fucking around being like, oh, I have a great business idea. Therefore, like it, it's no, I think sales is a validation that you are solving a problem 
for customers. And ultimately, like, I believe we work for people, not companies. And mm. I like to connect with people and truly understand what, what are you struggling with? And like, you probably know this too, when you pitch business, like you're providing a solution that they can't articulate or deliver on. A hundred percent. That for me, so I didn't like sales at mm-hmm. first. It was actually the, my least favorite part of my job. And I was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. on sales calls and I, I don't think I spoke the most confidently. And as I, and, and actually I remember thinking this is something I want to offload mm-hmm. as soon as I can. I want right. somebody else to come in and sell, which does not, in hindsight, make sense for my personal business model. Right, when you are the business. When I'm the business. Right. And obviously now that the agency is live, that's a little different. But my clients love to know that I am a part of the process Mm -hmm. and I am touching their work and I am a part of their story too. That's a part of what they're paying for. Mm -hmm. And over time, I realized the more practice I got, not in selling, but in serving and actually creating the product, the process Mm -hmm. that I was selling and putting together a package that over time it took finessing that I thought was the best solution to my client's problems, mm-hmm. which is very different than a solution to a client's problems. Right. I was talking about my dreamy client. So there was figuring out who my dreamy client is yep. and then me figuring out, well, how do I take my magic and bottle it up into the best package imaginable? Right. That just simply takes time. Mm-hmm. You can't just, that's not something that can be prescribed to you. You could be a brand designer and your process and your dreamy client is going to drive you to a completely different service platform or service packages or whatever than what I do, even though we're in the same industry. Right. And that was really hard for me to just accept. So that takes time, which Mm -hmm. is hard. And until I felt confident, like truly confident in what those packages were, I didn't feel good about selling. Totally. It's all about positioning and how you're, you're, and again, you don't know it until you do a little bit of trial and error. You have like a really great client, whatever you're dreaming, and then you have a really bad client. And I think. I was just as informed by my clients I didn't like or clients that fired me or Mm -hmm. clients that I fired Mm -hmm. or it didn't work out. Like. They were just as strong of informants in my process and ability to sell well yep. as my dreamy clients were. Totally. And I think the best way to figure out if you have the right client is just like look at your past client roster. And like I would even go back and interview them and ask them like, you know, what did I solve for you? What did I do differently that someone else on your team or a different agency couldn't do? Like your closest clients are going to be the most informing ones. They're going to give you a clear understanding of what you did for them mm-hmm. in a way that you may not think because you've positioned yourself one way, but people interpret it differently. And those are just loaded sound bites. Right. Those are just the little nuggets of information mm-hmm. that I would hear and say, oh my gosh, because to me, what I was helping solve for my clients was just like a very natural, I was like, oh, duh, of course, this is why it is the way it is. Right. I, I didn't even necessarily have the language to explain because it was very much so like a gut instinctual, very creative. Right. right? And so my clients, my previous clients leaving reviews or Mm -hmm. even not even leaving reviews when they're like actually assessing and giving feedback throughout the design process, Mm -hmm. They're spoon feeding me these 
tidbits of information of like, oh my God, you're right. That is what I'm doing. Like, thank you for giving they, me the language to explain right. that to somebody They're else. They're going to give you the messaging for yes, you. Yes, because I understood it in my head innately. Mm-hmm. I couldn't necessarily articulate it because I was like, well, of course you need this. Like, duh. But that doesn't sell anything. So it was really helpful <laughs> right. for me to take these sound bites from clients where I was creating my best work that I was the most proud of. Mm-hmm. And then I bundled that up into conversations I would have on sales calls. And right. really it was until it wasn't until that point mm-hmm. that then now I'm actually very energized by sales calls. Yes. I love the initial beginning chase it's super sexy to me do you think that's sales oh yeah when you're just oh. like pushing and i'm like okay yep let's get I it like signed the it. contract yep it's I just love that's the that. sales mentality and, of just the chase of a new opportunity and i think too the reason i truly like it as much as i do is tying back to how you started mm-hmm. i know i'm about to help them this yep. is so like i'm truly just so excited for them like oh my god you are investing in your business this is going to make everything you do easier. Mm-hmm. Like I believe that to my core. Yep. And so me signing on a new client, just like, I, I'm just so excited for them because I you truly, know what you're going to, you know, what you're I able truly to do. know the impact is going to be so great. It's going to make their job easier. It's going to help them close easier. I yep. fucking love that for them. <laughs> I would say too, my, my business coach has said this to me and she says, when you think about sales, Sure, you're talking about what you can provide to them, but the biggest difference is how are they going to feel after they've worked Mm. with you? And I think you're a good example because I knew when I wanted to go through my rebrand, I wanted to work with you because I know that you take brands and it's not, I didn't want to go to you just for a logo. I wanted to like completely create an experience. And when people come to my site, they like feel something that they haven't seen. Mm. And that's all the feedback I've gotten. That's when leads have come in. It's like this branding experience. I wanted them to feel something when they saw their brand. I also didn't want to feel like overwhelmed by the process. I was like, you understand what I'm going for. Please just take it and run with it so that I don't have to worry about it and that I know I'm in good hands. Which is dreamy client galore over here right. because you you told me what your goals were and we didn't do strategy together. Mm-hmm. You had already done strategy. Yes. Normally I do strategy in scope for my clients yes. because they don't necessarily come prepared with that. But you had right. strategy that was already my established. business coach and I, we had like mapped that out because I didn't realize that like that's where I was struggling is I was trying to serve everybody all the time because it took me a year to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Which is normal. Right. And then once we got clear about like, what are my goals? What is the like core values I want to embody in a brand? And then how do I get a designer to take that and blow it up into a full brand experience? And you empowered me to do that, Mm -hmm. which is where I feel I have the most space and why I love the dreamy clients that Mm -hmm. I love is I can just do what I know how to do based on what I've decided makes the most sense for my clients based on 10 years of data of Mm -hmm. this working. And so that is so exciting because not only do I get to run a process that just is natural for me and organic, which Mm -hmm. is the best for a creative. Oh, yeah. But then the work that we produced together, Mm because you had to provide feedback, Mm -hmm. was something that you're very proud of and I'm very proud of and is converting Mm -hmm. and is hitting the mark. And got you right. disrupting and got you placed in a magazine and other things yep. and got you business. Like all of those goals that you had associated. Mm-hmm. I can now say those things confidently on my next sales call. Yep. Here's hey, the case study. Here's, here's a, a case study. Stories. stories are what sell. And I think... 
Think about and I, it's real. Yeah. I'm not making it up. Right. It's not a fable. She's sitting right here. <laughs> I, I'm actually gonna just send this episode. This is my future I'm sales not, call. I was just gonna say I'm not being held hostage. I swear. Um, the second time we've had hostage references. <laughs> I know, it's not funny. Season like, two, questionable. Right? And I and I think about like how when I think about how my clients want to feel, I always tell them it's like. You feel like you have somebody on your side because it's lonely at the top when you're a founder. You feel it like can you be can so make lonely. you feel like you can make hard decisions. They feel relieved that like someone understands what's going on in their business operationally and that they don't have to do it alone and that that's what I'm here for and I think a big part about sales that I think you and I probably both have in a very similar vein is I'm very upfront where it's here's what I offer, here's how I work. But my end goal is that you are successful. And regardless of who you choose, this is what's going to make me different. But I'm going to be upfront if I make a mistake. There's certain parts of the business I don't understand. If I find an issue during my process, like I'm going to call it out. My prices are what they are. If a price, if pricing's an issue, that's okay. Like I'm not going to shoot down competition. I was up against another uh, company and I said, I know them. They're great. If you work with them, great. As long as you hire somebody, right? That's the best end goal right. for what I do because I want more businesses to succeed and right. I want more businesses to make more money. And that, as a, an aside, that's abundance mindset, and we talk right. about that a lot. There's business and there's room for all of us, mm-hmm. and I think that that can feel a little woo-woo, squishy. Yeah. However, but there's that, just not fear. Oh, alleviates the fear, yes. which to me helps the selling. Totally. I'm not going to like force you to desperate. work with it. Right. I'm not going to force you to oh, work with me. Oh, but you should hire me because I'm way better. Yeah. And like, I think that's what people think. It's like you having to tell people how great you are. It's actually the opposite. It's you asking your clients, what's the biggest challenge you have? What are your goals next year? How do you work? Are you, when are you looking to have this project done the next three, six, nine months? That's going to let you know, are you even available for them? Totally. Um, are, are they available? Do they have the budget for it? Like there's those obvious things. But I also think being really clear on a sales call on like what you're going to provide for them, what are the next steps, and what my secret sauce is that I found successes mm. is when you're going to follow up with them. This is something that you do, aggra- <laughs> I will say it, you are an aggressive follow-upper. Yes. Oh, yeah. I am. I am not. I want to learn what is your formula. I feel like you have a form. Do you have a formula? It's like it depends. It varies. I think depending on the type a of rhythm? client. What would you I want to tell us? I would say there's my I believe you can never follow up enough. You follow up until you get an answer. And it's very clear when you follow up. I think people are afraid of being annoying. I hear that all the time from women. Same. That's very yes. similar in the marketing oh, I don't, don't want to bother them. No, you have inquired me. Therefore, I'm going to continue to follow up very politely until I get an answer. I get an answer no matter what. I've never had a warm that. lead ever ghost me. I I've love always gotten that. an answer. I've been ghosted. <laughs> I'm going to tell a story next about being ghosted. I've never been ghosted. I get an answer and for me it's you have the call you follow up with a recap of next steps and then the secret is as I go hey Sarah if I don't hear back from you by next Wednesday I'm gonna follow up so I say that on my sales calls Mm -hmm. I don't do the recap I'll do the sales call Mm -hmm. I will let them know you can expect a proposal from us by X date and on the call I say in that proposal recap Mm -hmm. If we haven't heard from you, Mm -hmm. there will be a link for you to schedule, like to self-schedule 
And then if we haven't heard from you, sorry, we set up the next appointment right away. And then if we haven't heard from you, I'll reach out or someone from my team will reach out by whatever. That's all a part of like the conversation I have on that initial call and is in that proposal email. Yep. And I think that's great. There's a psychology of telling people a day because they'll either respond before that or or it's telling them to make a decision before you follow up Mm -hmm. with them. And then if there's a scenario where someone's like, hey, I'm not ready until Q2, I go, fantastic. I'm going to reach out to you in mid-March. And I put a reminder to email me at the beginning of March to send so-and-so an email. So there's just always these reminders. Or if someone isn't responding, I email them every week or every other week until I get a response from them. And usually it's like, hey, we're not ready. Hey, I'm so sorry. I've been sick. Life happens, which is totally. normal. And that's why you follow up. It's never yeah. personal. It's never and I personal. have never had a scenario where someone's like, you're following up with me too much. I usually get like, thank you for being so persistent. I agree. Thank you for helping me put this to the top of my inbox. Like people are busy. And yes. like you you are not the most important person totally. <laughs> in these people's lives. And right? you're not the you're not their their sole business activity. That's Correct. the other thing too, is that I really don't take personally branding and a rebrand or a web build yes is so important mm-hmm. in a business however that's not what they do full time no it's just My a project clients, to them right it's just a project it's mm-hmm. just another thing on their to-do list to be completely honest yeah you need to make it easy for them to make a decision and i found like Brene brown says this i live by this oh clear God, is, she's like my yes deity clear is kind unclear is unclear unkind mm. like it doesn't matter if it's like that's a tough one for me. Really? I, I'm well, very clear about just expectations, timing, budget, yes. and then we can talk about negotiation in a second. It but took me a long time to accept unclear mm-hmm. as unkind. Yeah. I was very wishy-washy in my process. I was like, you can get feedback back. I was trying to be so... Um, you wanted to deliver, you wanted to be clients are happy no matter yes, what. Yes. I wanted like, we can do what works best for you. And I realized, again, this came with learnings over time. Mm-hmm. What was best for them was saying, this is due on Friday. I'm going to give this to you on Monday. You owe this to me on Friday. Oh, and also if you don't give it to me on Friday, there's a fee associated with that. Oh, with them with being, getting paid too. Everyone should have a late Them fee being held accountable was the best thing I did for my clients yes. because then their project gets done faster. Mm-hmm. And that's my responsibility. Getting their project done is yeah. my responsibility, not their responsibility. They've got other shit to do. Right. So by me being very firm on my delivery dates of this is when yep. feedback is done. And sometimes I even say like by noon or whatever. You did that with me. And you know what that does though? Did it's, you like that? I loved it because it stopped me from spiraling on decisions that don't matter. Like design decisions that validating. don't matter. That, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, but you don't have to like, there were some things where it's like that, yep, that's good. Like the, it forces them to make a decision faster instead of having to like give them more. Because the more time you give somebody, the more they like take it. Yeah, they'll that's get That's the thing. They're going to take design. the whole time. And that's what I learned. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you know what? They probably weren't looking at it until that day. Correct. So then, yeah, and I think like... And that's helping nobody. That's really hard for my team to manage. Totally. And it's really hard for the client. And I just want to make it as easy as possible. Feedback is such a pain in the ass in the design world and it can spiral. But if you're upfront and clear, like, hey, if you want to move fast, you have to move fast. Yes. Not just me. Yes. I'm not held to a standard where I'm moving fast, but you get to move two weeks behind. So now that is very Mm -hmm. apparent in how we structure sales calls and contracts is, and, and being clear communicators mm-hmm. straight up this is the expectation if you're signing on for uh, with us this yep. is what you need to do yep and we shouldn't start this until you can commit to that yeah until you're we're, ready 
Previously, I'd be like, it's fine, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was so wishy-washy. And yep. guess what? I fucked everyone up. Everyone got fucked in that <laughs> But scenario. I think, again, that's part of the upfront communications. Like, I always tell people, like, when I walk through my core values, I was like, commitment, like, this doesn't work if you don't. So it's like, you have to be ready because if I'm going to keep you on track and I'm going to be that honest friend or honest business person, that if you're not going to show up, this isn't going to work. I'm not going to throw a system at you and tell you it's going to solve your problems. That's a lie. Like, you have to transform along this process. And if you don't, like... That's on you. Then you just spent money. (laughs) Right. And it didn't work. Or if you don't give real feedback in a realistic time, you're not going to be happy with the end result because you didn't show up when you needed to. Right. So clear communication is a big one. I would say, like, when you're going to invoice somebody, and again, getting paid is a huge thing with the sales cycle. I put in a late fee clause, and I trigger reminders. Some people think it's obnoxious, but I get paid. No, same. Nobody's we have a late never clause, too. paid me except too. one time, and they did pay me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a big one I think people are afraid of, but... You just have a, you know, every X amount of days this is late, you need to pay. Like, that's that just up was, front. And that was another thing that I was uncomfortable with is putting clauses like that in my contracts. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before. My clauses in my contracts internally are named after the clients that taught us we needed those clauses. Right. And that's... This a- is the XYZ clause because they paid so late this time it was causing all of these problems. Or this is the XYZ yes. clause because we could never... We couldn't get a hold of them to get feedback and it derailed the whole project, which was bad for my team and their team. Mm-hmm. Like, we take those learnings and then have adjusted our contracts. But that late fee clause is a game changer because... When you put it in the contract and you're upfront about it, they're Correct. agreeing to it, right? Yep. They're agreeing to it. So mm-hmm. when it happens, for me, you're able to reduce the resent that comes Correct. out of it, which produces better work and a better working relationship. It's just you're being favorable and kind to everyone involved. Correct. You're just paying your bills on time, which again, that's something you because will sort out at the beginning. Regardless of if I'm getting paid, I'm paying my team on time. Correct. So it's like you're you're the client that's either creating a cash flow problem for me which happened this summer, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a crazy moon thing. I heard of, mul- I heard of cr- multiple women in business who were like, oh my God, I have the- I've had these three clients pay me late. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, me too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, me too. And then the client's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It was like, a- was there like a hyper crazy retrograde I happening? I think it might have been a there just was a like busy a summer. Yeah. something crazy happened. But that caused real cash flow problems mm-hmm. in my business. And the work was done and the contracts were signed. Like I knew the cash was coming. Mm-hmm. But- that was stressful. Absolutely. And I and I, I knew I was covered because, yep. because it was agreed upon in my contract. Correct. And then it just becomes a factual, emotionless conversation. Yeah, like, hey, there's a late hey, fee. Hey, just, just as a reminder, if this payment doesn't come through by the 15th or whatever it is, you've agreed to these terms and we will have yep. to enforce this as of next Friday just or like, like whatever. Just like with your credit card. Right. I mean, this isn't any different than any right. sort of payment you have. And it's just an emotionless basic conversation yeah it's just the it's the principle of just and again that's a good relationship which like stems back to the beginning of a sales conversation you're interviewing them just as much as they are interviewing you so there's a couple things there's the like clear communication on what you provide what your process is what problem you're solving and then there becomes the piece of like um, presenting your value and how much you're going to charge yes and i think and owning it correct and i think this takes time this takes practice understanding what you should charge is going to depend on your revenue, the value you provide, how much you want to make an hour, the services. Like, this is all going to be experimental. Correct. You can Google, like, basic how to to price myself. There's some some simple, what I would say are very 
starting like baselines yeah baselines benchmark yourself build up from there absolutely and anytime someone pushes back which we've all had people push back on our rates never take it personally everybody's everything is negotiable in my mind i negotiate things all the time and it's never personal it's just everybody's has a budget they're trying to stay within and anytime i've gotten pushback or sticker shock is my favorite word they use because it's very it's like insulting at first and then i'm like okay they want to get a deal i always say well what is the range what's the range you're trying to stay within and i I mean if people are pushing back i always say well this is what i need to provide the value you're looking for it's always about value it's always about in order to get the value i'm providing to transform your business it's not me personally Mm -hmm. it's the value i'm bringing to transform your business here's what i can do if you want to stay within this range i cut these two things from your project i'm never cutting and leaving the same project i know that sounds obvious but i think we discount ourselves but still offer the same project and then what that tells the client is oh they were overcharging me. Why were they overcharging me and offering the same project? So like, it's a game. Sometimes it's just better to have a conversation, but just know what you're willing to negotiate down and what's non-negotiable. Because if they hit a limit, you just go, I can't do that. I can't do that and I'm happy to refer you to somebody who can. And then that's it. And that's the conversation I have. Mm -hmm. I am unwilling to negotiate out of my core. Right, what's the threshold you're willing to negotiate down? And it is very, rare it is very rare that i would make an exception to that so Mm -hmm. it's like you i knew you had good strategy Mm -hmm. that's different i don't allow my clients to come in with their own strategy (laughs) right our relationship is different totally and so i have a standard of and same with our websites are a really good example it is Mm -hmm. very rare that my team will design a web experience if we didn't do the branding why i can't build a house on a shit foundation the house Mm -hmm. is gonna fall correct so we do an assessment for any client that wants to have web design Mm -hmm. done by the agency that we didn't do the branding because well is your branding serving the right client Mm -hmm. what was the strategy behind why did you pick this versus why did you pick that like i don't know that just yeah spirals exactly and so those are some of our standards where Mm -hmm. we'll just it's a flat and very easy conversation and then i say I can help you find somebody that might be able to be a better Absolutely. partner for you on this. But you know what? That's a good example of that's a good example of a service based business that has like a really clear package of like, this is what we offer because you have a team, you know what their rates are. This is like in order for this to be profitable, this is what we need to do. Exactly. I have flexibility in the work that I do because it's just me and my scopes are all over the place. So there's yeah, some projects, models. right? So like <clears throat> I will always start my projects with like a quick assessment that's like a couple weeks because then I decide if I even want to work with them yeah. before they sign a big contract and then they they see what they're getting in return right. and then we move forward. So right. depends on your business. I say if you have a number that like, this is non-negotiable because you're paying people, you have a fee, you know how long it takes you to get it done, it's profitable. Like, that's a no-brainer. You can say yes to that. Right, that's That's, a no-brainer. And that's the power of, like you said, that upfront communication Mm -hmm. and owning the process how you want to own it. You are the business owner. You get to decide what Mm -hmm. you want to say yes and what you want to say no to. Totally. It's the magic of being in charge of what you're doing every day. Right, and the only way you truly master your sales pitch is by having a couple bad ones, Having some really good ones that close, someone that don't close. Oh, this is a good piece, too. If someone doesn't work with you, ask them why. Mm. Ask for feedback. I always do. If I say, hey, you know, why didn't this work X, Y, and Z? And they'll give you feedback. Sometimes it's like, we don't have the budget. Is it money or is it like timing? timing? Like, 
get feedback. Like there's no harm in asking because then you have more information the next time you pitch so that you do get somebody to close. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty important. Those are important data points to collect along the way that, again, inform your ability to confidently communicate your message absolutely and that's like i said when sales became easy for me is is when it was something that i could clearly articulate right and that takes time like you'll just be okay with the process you're gonna like have some projects where you're like wow i vastly undercharged for that like we've all been there but we wouldn't have known until we did that project and we're like okay what would i do differently 100 percent. like that's the only way you know have you ever ever had any wildly bad sales calls or like that went awry or you're like, what is happening here? Um, I think I've had sales calls where it just feels like a personal conversation where I'm like, are we even going to work together? Or do we need to follow up and have another conversation? That's some, that to me, though, is a sign of a good relationship. It's never been bad necessarily, but I am like people first. Like, I want to know, am I going to get along with you? I agree. Are you willing to change? Are you willing to transform your brand? Like, I'm more interested in the relationship first than the sales Same. pitch. But I've probably stumbled or like bombed or just was like, yeah, this wasn't that that good of a call, but. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I know within the first like five minutes, honestly, if I'm like this person's for me or this person isn't for me. I know. Yeah. And and I've gotten to a point too in my business where based off of my pricing model and mm-hmm. based off of how I've positioned myself in the marketplace that most of my leads coming in are actually very well self-qualified, yep. which is fantastic because I'm hopping on a phone with somebody who has been able to create the right assumption on their own that I am for them and they are for me. Correct. They've and kind of vetted themselves. They've vetted themselves. Yes. And that, again, is the power of a really great branding and a, and a strong website that helps them make those decisions for themselves because I'm not having shitty leads come into my world. Correct. And that's... That and, saves yes. my time well, and, and then, it makes my sales calls and easier. And think about the power of a lead form. Like, I vet out people because I require them to have a budget range. And, like, if they're ready in the next three, six, or nine months, like, that's vetting them right there for me. So, like, have a list of questions that are, like non-negotiable when someone schedules a call with you or wants to meet you like or if someone's like hey can I hire you be like yes please fill out this form so I can capture your information instead of like people just willy-nilly asking for your time like require them to qualify themselves yes that is such an amazing sales funnel tool as you're working them through the sales funnel like have them self-select all up here and then when it's time for you to close that's when you're hands-on with them. You can decide. That you just, can decide. You just made a really, really educated decision on if you're going to not take more of your time to determine if it's worth um, talking to them. How many sales calls do you do with one client typically before the client's closed? Uh, I would say it varies depending if they're in-state or out-of-state. I would say in-state takes a little bit longer because I want to do a phone call and then I want to meet them in person. So I'd hmm. say like one to three. Okay. I would say if they're out-of-state, it's like one or two. I'm a, pretty, one, I'm a one sales it's call. It's pretty quick depending on... Uh, who are the decision makers? And that's a key piece too. That's who is good... going to sign the checks? Are they on the call? You always want to have a decision maker present. That's a and good And you always point. just ask like, hey, are you going to be the one that needs to sign off on this contract? If not, can we loop in so-and-so? That's a great point. Yeah. I've had, I mentioned a story I said I would tell later. I've had, I've had a client, <laughs> oh, yes. a, a prospect. And <laughs> this drives me bonkers when service-based prospects are working, trying to hire me because mm-hmm. they understand how shitty this is. Three, oh no, is this me? This is Jordan. 
I'm talking about. I want it for free. Don't three, ask for free shit. Three separate times have engaged, and this is like over years, have engaged on like urgent needs. Oh, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I'm and stressed by this we've already. had fantastic, we've had three fantastic sales calls. Okay. And this is like, these are kind of like different scopes of projects. And one scope we took on, one scope we didn't take on. And then this was like a totally new scope. Hey, this has happened and the business is changing so much and we're doing this, we're doing this. And follows up, like, can you give me that proposal? And I'm like, dude, we just talked. Follow up ghosts. Yeah, radio silent. And I'm like, okay, this is as red flag as it mm-hmm. gets. You are not as serious about this as you're pretending to be serious about. And that to me is so inconsiderate Absolutely. of my time, yes. my team's time. And so I share that to one, be a reminder to me because I also hire service mm-hmm. providers to help with my business. I understand that that can happen sometimes. Absolutely. And but three sh- times, I mean, your lack of planning is not my emergency. Period. Oh, that is so real. And like those people, um, you know what that is. That's a reactionary execution response. If something's going awry in my business, maybe branding will fix it. And I get it. I can be impulsive where I'm like, oh, I should like go hire this person, but they probably didn't have the capacity. Like, just don't ask me to hustle if you can't show up. Correct. That's, that's the just commitment. so disappointing. Yeah. And that's to me, so the response is, is like, this is our typical process. Right. And if you can't follow along, then it's not a good fit for me. Right. We'll see if they show up again and we'll see. <laughs> if they book. We'll I'm see excited. how I proceed. I mean, <laughs> I told even my decide, team, I was yeah. like, I kind of feel like that's a no-go. Like three strikes, you're out. That's a lot of strikes. That's a lot of times that like, yeah. I took on a sales call and we pre- we prepare all of our proposals right. you know live for the client so that my team is doing that and then the email time and the admin time and the follow up time that's a lot You've, you spent a lot of money I've for spent nothing, a lot of money right where I where I feel like my dreamy client it's a one sales call it's signing the contract it's signing the contract they're coming it's, on for a logistical like when can we start yeah not a Sarah tell me about how this works like they've already done their research right. they know how it works they understand the pricing mm-hmm. because I'm transparent about that right as transparent as I could be obviously every project might you know feel a little There's bit different a variance, right? right right so it's fascinating but I do have to yes. remind myself, I definitely can be sometimes the person who is also slow on the other end of yeah. service providers that I'm hiring out. So I try to remind myself, what feels shitty when people do it to you? How do you Don't do it correct. to other people. How do you want to be treated when you hire you be somebody? Okay, three key takeaways. Because we talked about a lot, but really they yes. all stem in like closing the sale. How to not have scale- sales feel schemy. Yeah, and I think it's clear as kind when you're clear and it's, and it's not necessarily about how great you are, but it's clear on what you're providing, what your process is, what your pricing is, and what they can expect. I think that's a big one, being clear. Representing your product as the genuine solution to their problem mm-hmm. is number two to Yeah, me. how and, you position yourself. And, and it's, yeah. being confident in that. And that, frankly, takes time. So if you don't feel confident in that right mm-hmm. now, that's totally okay. Yeah, talk to your clients. Talk to your best clients about it, what worked, what didn't. Like, just learn and and kind of call out what people are hiring you for what are they coming to you for because if you truly believe it that will be Mm -hmm. a tangible experience that someone is experiencing from you on a sales call they'll be getting that information from you naturally because it's clear that you truly believe that that is a huge selling point naturally totally for you for your products or your services Yep. And I would say the third piece can show up in a couple different ways, but you can qualify your leads through a lead forming, uh, a lead form on your site, through the branding, through the messaging, through the questions you need answered by the client to decide if you even hire them. 
So make sure you have some sort of process, whether it's three steps to know if someone's qualified to work with you. Mm, that's great. And that's a big one. That's a really great one. Let's go uh, close some business. Let's go close some sales. <laughs> Comment on Instagram, leave notes. Where can where can people leave notes? I'm Maybe we sure, don't leave notes. Well, can they leave I'm, comments in, in on the platform? In Spotify, you can send us questions within the oh, Q&A section. That's, a that's new like feature. a new feature. Yeah, it's a new feature. If you use Spotify, you can send us questions. DMing us, I feel like an Instagram's the best um, way to find us. Just comment, let us know. What are you going to do to close some business or how, how much do you want to close this year? How are sales going? Yeah. Like and follow, subscribe. That's the biggest thing you can do to help the refund grow is subscribing on YouTube and also where you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can watch us on both Spotify and on YouTube, which is really cool. Yes, we have cute outfits on. We've been planning us. outfits for every episode. Please yeah. watch us. It's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> We hope that sales become a little bit easier and a little less scheming for you. I'm ready to go close some deals. You? Let's get some coffee. Cheers. Cheers.